It is week 20 of the Major League Baseball season, and no, no doubter nation, we are here with you to cover it all, uh, to talk about the highs, the lows, uh, just as we keep on charging forward towards the uh, the month of October and uh, and the uh, the playoffs. They're soon around the corner at this point now. Uh, as of tomorrow, it'll be the month of September. We're recording this show here live on Wednesday, August 31st, 2022. I am your co-host Travis T-Bone Lawfully with my right-hand man and co-host Barrett Boom Bostick as always. Boom, welcome to the show this evening. Thank you. Welcome to yourself. It is almost <laughs> September, which means that rosters will be expanded by a whopping two or three individuals. So that will that does make a difference, though. Uh, but it is the last month. It is do or die time for many of the MLB teams. Uh, there we got some tight races and not so tight races. The wild cards, especially, are the tightest of the bunch you have teams that are three and a half three games out you have teams that are two and a half games out it is who's going to be in who is going to be you know the losers that are left out to dry but uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how it all unfold will there be a team like last year where the cardinals made that insane run and they barely made it into the wild card will that happen this time we will see and i cannot wait to find out it's going to be a fun one over this next month. But before we get any further into it, we are going to move ahead with our favorite segment here, segment that we've been doing a whole lot more over the last couple of months, and it has been a grand old time, as always, and it shall be again tonight. That's right, folks. We're talking about uh, the segment that was a, uh, a no doubt original uh, that was a big part of this show being launched, and that is Poor and Score. Uh, so grab a favorite adult beverage uh, to join with us here. Boom and I are about to be uh, be testing uh, each, uh, taking a taste test each of one of our uh, one of our favorites, and um, yeah, we we call this segment Poor and Score because we believe you need to uh, enjoy America's greatest America's greatest pastime with one of your favorite libations. You know whether that you're at the game. On your couch, you're sitting out in your backyard, listening to it old school over the radio. Uh, however, you do it, when you pour, you score, uh, and that is uh, that is just the case tonight that we're going to do that. So, uh, boom! How about you start us off here this evening and let us know what you're having to drink? All right. So this is a very special beer for me. So when I was 21, my dad took me and my brother out. We went to a restaurant near Junction, Texas, and. Uh, I should have done my homework to remember the name of the restaurant. Uh, I could probably look it up and give the name of it later. But I had two beers that night. I had two legal beers when on the day I turned 21. This was one of those two. The other one was Firemen's 4. But the first beer I had was this. Straight from Austin, Texas. Stash IPA. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's for a good one. Heavy hat. Good choice, my friend. Yeah. Yes, good point. I am. Uh, I'm ready to uh, to hear your reaction to this one. Yes, this is a very close, special beer to my heart uh, from Independence Brewing Company, South Austin. Gonna read a quick description. It says the chronic of IPAs, the enlightening hop trip you'll wish you would never end. Stash's simple malt bill is a blank canvas of kaleidoscopic array of six hop profiles, citrusy and floral dank and resinous piney and earthy by the powers combined this is stash ipa keep your wits about you you'll want to remember where you hid your stash there you go see that that's how they do doing here (laughs) yeah it it, there's a method to the madness seven and a half abv 94 ibus that is a decent 
IBU rating right there. I mean, that's almost near 100 and pretty high alcohol. So this is this is not a gateway IPA by any stretch. It is a rock-solid IPA, which is what I love. It's got some malts in it, two-row pale Munich crystal and flaked barley, and then the hops, Citra, Cascade, Centennial, Columbus, Amarillo, and Simcoe. And it's got American Ale, otherwise known as Chico Yeast. This is quite the profile, but I will not bid further ado. I'm going to go ahead and pour it into the glass. It is an Austin area IPA. And so I'm going to pour it in a glass from Austin Beer Works. I should feature one of their beers. I've had this glass a few times. So this is a great IPA glass right here. Oh no, party fouling. Oh, Jeff, I'll party say you're, you're stolen. You're, you're doing party. what I normally do. Uh, one of well, us. hope it's not party. falling into the electronics over there. <laughs> Start circuit. It boom cuts out of the broadcast, and I have to do this uh, by myself, folks. You know what happened. <laughs> oh, one of us has to party foul. Oh, man. You were due for it eventually. Yes. It ain't a party until you got a party foul. There we go. Oh, no. Yep. Mm-hmm. Getting a little ambitious there. I know. Mm. I'm just so eager. What have we got here? Very, very good color. I mean, when I think IPA, I think of a color like this. I mean, it's, you know, it's orange. It's dark. It is clearly West Coast. I love everything about it. Great nose on it. It's very enticing. It's got West Coast written all over it. But how does it taste? Mm. 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 That's so good. It is bitter. It is jam-packed full of flavor, and it is robust. Ah, it's just a good IPA. It's a rock-solid West Coast IPA. I, man, I'm going to give it a 9.5 out of 10. I mean, because, I mean, I know we gave the top cutter a 10, and that definitely deserved it. But, I mean, I got to go 9.5 on this. If you think West Coast IPA, it had, it's the complete package. You have all the hops. You have the bitterness. You have the aftertaste, everything at the front. I mean, it's. <laughs> I'm tempted to give it a 10, but I'll stop short of a 9.5. I mean, local Austin area brewery from Independence Brewery Stash IPA. If you love West Coast, have this one. You cannot go wrong. Yeah, I, having had that beer before, if I was drinking it on the show tonight, uh, I'd probably be giving it the exact same grade. I, uh, I picked up a pack of that back, I think, like last. Uh, last uh last winter or last fall um and it was one of those that uh i had had a few different beers in but i like gravitated towards that one way more than all the others and it wasn't perfect but it was damn near as close as you could get uh mm-hmm. for an ipa but yeah it's if you're a hophead like we are here no doubter uh you will absolutely love that beer this evening i am not going of the hoppier variety but i'm once again uh, previewing here one of, uh, one of the beers from a, uh, a local brewery near and dear to my heart here in the DFW area brewery that we have uh, given love to multiple times here. And that is the community beer company right nice. here in DFW. And we are talking about this time their honey citrus blonde, blonde ale nice. with honey and orange peel. Uh, see right here. Look uh, at that. And the sign. Uh, really well done can art here. 6% alcohol by volume. Uh, 
I'm thinking of the IBUs here. Um, but yeah, there's not really, uh, they don't really give you a lot of description here, but I think it kind of speaks for itself. The, uh, the type of beer that it is. So I'm going to open her up here. I have not had this before, so I'm very eager to to hear your results. We do, uh, contrary to popular belief, we do not just have IPAs on the show. We like to uh, feature variety every once in a while. That is true, and so I'm uh, hopefully clearing the way here to not party foul as I pour this. But uh, uh, oh no, no, that's not, no. not good. No, no, oh no, double foul. We're total scrubs. Ah. Uh. Yeah, this is not good. This is oh, not what no. I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this is funny. Man, oh, man. We are, we're, we're acting like we've never done this before. Y'all you know, <laughs> hang loose with me. I'm going to try and clean up a little bit of my mess here. So, oh, man. <laughs> We're winging this, it. This is so tragic, everyone. The anticipation is is killing is killing me. So while he's doing that, um, I'm gonna continue to enjoy this stash IPA. I will be taking a trip down to the Texas Crap Roost Festival, which is gonna be happening exactly a month from today, technically October first. Gonna be enjoying it. I will definitely let y'all know how that is. If y'all are in the area, you should go to Austin. October 1st, Saturday, Texas Crappers Festival. Cannot recommend it enough. Hopefully Independence is there, and if they are, I will give them a shout. Austin Beerworks is probably going to be there as well. So it's a good time. You got to pace yourself, but all the best craft breweries in Texas will be there. So if you are there, come up, come on down and say hi. You know, I, My family and I, we go there every year because we... Love ourselves a good old brew. All right, I believe we uh, we averted disaster here, but man, if we if I could just have one evening as I'm pouring and it doesn't turn into a mess, that would be great. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you open this up, you uh, definitely has the honey head to it. Even like you know you're you've got further away from you, you can definitely get get the honey aromas and uh, and that um, that sort of golden wheat uh, kind of sense to it as you've opened it up. Then, mm. that is just a good, easygoing summer beer. Really like it. Uh, I think this is very much what you would consider, uh, you know, a gateway beer into the craft uh, craft space here. Uh, yeah, it's an it's an ale, um, blonde ale that is. Uh, yeah, honey, citrus, really approachable flavors, accessible uh, for just about anybody's palate within the beer space. Um, not too, uh, not too terrible in terms of the alcohol by volume. You know, you could just be sipping on this here. Uh, you know, while you're waiting for dinner, uh, out with friends. Uh, you know, you could have it with food. I think this is just a great all-around beer. I'm gonna give this one a solid eight out of ten. There you go. Not too shabby. And uh, go ahead and give us the name of the beer one more time. Yes, sir. This is the Honey Citrus Blonde. Blonde Ale with honey and orange peel from Community Beer Company right here in the DFW area. There you go. Repping the ATX and the DFW. No matter where you are, uh, please drink responsibly. 
Boom. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Well, we're going to get straight on into the show and starting off at our No Doubter of the Week. There you go. Pulling it up. This one was a good one. It is from a rising star in the world of MLB. This guy has got muscles on top of muscles. His calling up with the major leagues was grossly delayed, but he is here better late than never. Service time manipula- manipulation. It was did not do him favors, but you know what? It means we get to see this stud for seven years for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Of course, talking about the one and only O'Neill Cruz. Let's set the scene. Once upon a time, O'Neill Cruz was facing off against uh, the Brewers and their ace, uh, Corbin Burns, who was it was a tight game, three to one. But for Mr. Shortstop O'Neill Cruz, he saw this pitch. He's like, ha ha ha, funny stuff. Boom, nice level swing. Second decker. Look at that. That was, that's just such a beautiful and satisfying swing to watch. Like it's just so clean. It, it's so unique. Like it's. Oh yeah. It, it's just fun to watch. This guy is an absolute beast. He's he's a, he's he's a complete package. He's fast. He's strong. He has some of the hardest hit balls in the of the entire season, and. You know, he he was late coming in, but he's just a freak of nature. I mean, this, yeah, this, that this, wasn't that wasn't even really an arc to his hit there. It was just like a moonshot out to the deck. Like, watch that thing again. That's ridiculous. And oh, yeah. <laughs> the closing rate as it was landing there. It's insane. Oh, Neil Cruz. It was about time he got our no doubter of the week and he sure deserved it. So whoopsie daisies. That ball right there, 437 feet, 117.5 miles per hour off the bat. He hit it off a cutter of Corbin Burns, and uh, that's typically a tough pitch for Mr. Burns, my preseason pick to win the Cy Young, but good on O'Neal. Their post, how about a cruise missile? There you go. It's a cruise missile. Get it? So. Ha. Ha ha ha. All right, so congratulations, O'Neal, on winning the No Doubter of the Week. I'm sure you will win some more in the future. And so now we're going to kind of get into the meat of the show. We're now going to do a weekly Albert Pujols home run tracker. Because, Trav, as of this recording, he is six homers away from seven, 700 home runs. Think, let's think about this. you got a, basically a month to go, six home runs. Do you think he's going to do it? <laughs> See, he just needs just needs, needs two weeks with two home runs and then uh, two weeks with one home run each. And if he can average that out over, uh, over the next month, he's got it. Yeah. I mean, I have faith. I think, I just think for some reason he's going to dig deep and he's going to do it. I just, I, I don't know. I believe in him. What about you? Yeah, and I mean the Cardinals are just playing so well right now too. I mean baseball yeah. is an individual sport, but you think of big, big time home run moments and big time offensive explosions within this game. They often come off of just you know somebody getting a base hit or somebody getting a walk, uh, and this team is just playing really good, well rounded baseball right now. To where uh, Pujols is going to have more than enough opportunities to to be in position. 
to 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 keep adding on to this total. So I think it's very plausible here. I'm 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 saying yeah, it can. I think it's going to happen within the last couple of weeks of the season. Yep. Um, uh, you know, he crushed the Astros. He murdered the Crawford boxes, but I'm still rooting for him to win because, or or at least to achieve a 700. Wouldn't it be awesome if this year he enters the 700 year club? 700 homework club. <laughs> 700 years, dang. <laughs> dang. What are you, you know, uh, the man in every, the man in every ages. I don't know. Anyway, the 700 homework club. And they make it all the way to the World Series. It's just, the possibilities for the Cardinals are endless. And I think it's a team that if they make it to the World Series against like the Yankees or dare I say the Blue Jays, I'm trying to pick a team, an AL team besides the Astros. Like I, I would be tempted to root for them because they're a team that a lot of people can get behind and they just have a huge fan base. So, man, to go out with a bang. There's just so much potential with this team. So I don't know. We will see. We're going to track it on a weekly basis. It was, I think it was 693 last time. It's 694. So he is chug, chug, chugging away. And we are getting close. One other bit of extremely important <laughs> news to cover. Last week, we covered some shenanigans over at an Oakland A's game. There's more shenanigans taking place within the world of baseball in terms of the fans. Uh, we turn our attention once again to the most objective news source in all of baseball, well, in all the world, TMZ. <laughs> you know where this is going. We're doing this. It's too late. <laughs> all right. All right. Here is the title of the TMZ article. Blue Jays fans caught having sex during the game. Dot, dot, dot. Allegedly. What is it with all these, like... <laughs> I mean, it's the Blue Jays, too. You've got a good team. I mean, you're, oh. you, you go to the ballpark and you can't find anything better to do than, uh, than do the deed. I mean, come on. It's, uh... Do the deed. This it, it, It's Canada, people. I don't know what is is marijuana legal up there. I mean, she's still good time. It I means it's a good time of year, like weather-wise too. It's not like you need to be indoor stadium. Up, need to be need, not like you need to be hauled up in your uh, in your house just eating poutine and drinking Molson all day at this point. Like it's uh, you can uh, still plenty of good stuff that you can do now. I mean, but I, I, I suit yourself. You can. Yeah, buy tickets to a baseball game for a good team and you uh, decide <laughs> just uh, get it on there at the game. All right, then. Uh, the, the, so the, the article says, uh, so the article reads in part, when two fans decided to say, screw the game, let's, parentheses allegedly, screw instead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There is a trend of fans in stands and they all take place at the very, very top level. So these two acts have it in common, and they just, you know, gotta get frisky. There's just, they just, they can't wait. It can't wait. Uh, just baseball. I guess that's where the magic happens. That's just, you know, and I don't see this happening at other sporting events. I guess, you know, I don't even know what to say. You can't really add a lot to it, but I'm just saying it, it is an occurrence. We are now two instances. I don't remember any last year. I frankly don't remember any in the past several years, but 
this is the year apparently where there's just there is no there, the, the, i don't even know of, what you want to call it of all the teams the blue jays that this the blue jays. Uh, that, that actually had a really good year and are uh are trending uh towards a playoff appearance and yeah <laughs> All this right, yeah, there you go. So, not a whole else happening, but of course, we had to do our weekly hour check, and of course, more shenanigans. Will there be a third straight week of shenanigans? We will see, but we will uh, delay that for another day. All right, now to the meat of the show, Trav. I'm turning it back over to you. Let's see what's happening in the AL East. Yes, sir. Well, it looks like the Yankees are starting to right the ship once again. Now they are six and four in their last ten games. Uh, they are uh, they're back to getting things in the right direction at this point. Uh, you know, they did split the series against the Athletics. They've uh, they dropped the opening game against uh, the Angels in this current series they're playing right now. Get a seven to four victory the other night. Uh, they'll be playing out there uh, out there uh, in Southern California tonight to finish up that series. Uh, but you know they get the subway series win, um, so things are starting to go back in the right direction here um, for the Yankees at this point. Um, yeah, Aaron Judge got his 51st home run of the year uh, the other day uh, in that seven to four win over the Angels. Uh, I believe it was uh, even on the road that that happened too. It was a huge ovation that he received. I mean, obviously there's a lot of Yankees fans that always show up no matter where it is, but I think a lot of people. Are seeing and understanding the greatness right now that is Aaron judge this year, uh, trying to go for, uh, the elusive 60 plus home run club, uh, in a season here, uh, you know, outside batting average for this team, all the offensive stats just continue to remain elite. You know, that batting average at 240 across the team is only good for 20th in all of major league baseball, but they're still second in runs 650 on the year, fifth, fifth in on base percentage at 324 and fourth in slugging percentage at 427. Uh, pitching, they're no worse than the, they're in the top 10 in all categories. The worst is being tied for eighth, 56 quality starts. But ERA is third. Uh, whips is uh, is second. And then uh, their walks allowed is third in the league. So just everything continues to be at an elite level. Uh, you just, you're starting to wonder, hey, if this skid continues, like what's going on here with this team? But the, the Yankees, these guys were just too good for this to keep going. Uh, forever and sure enough they're starting to ride the ship now and it's happier times back out in the bronx move on to the second place al east team the tampa bay rays uh, who have won a couple in the row at this point right now and are eight and ten in their last 10 games stop us if you've heard if you've heard this before folks going into the month of september that the rays are starting to play some of their best baseball of the year they're up to a plus 60 run differential now uh unfortunately their ace uh, Shay McClanahan is been put on the 15 day IL as of today. They're going to want him, uh, hopefully that he gets uh, healthy and, uh, and back as soon as they can, because that'll be a huge piece to them being, uh, being able to potentially make a run, uh, deep into the playoffs outside of the wild card positioning. Uh, you know, pitching has really been this team's strong suit all year at this point right now. Uh, they're both uh, their ERA and their WHIP are both good for fourth uh, in all of Major League Baseball, 3.35 and 1.14 respectively. Uh, quality starts again. That's the only thing um, that that really is not elite in this respect here for this team. At uh, 44, that's good for 17th in all of Major League Baseball. Walks allowed is good for seventh. Uh, and their offense, you know, just kind of with uh, 
with, with how it tends to go in this organization is a bit more piecemeal. Um, but you know, they're getting things done. Uh, you look at this with their offensive performances as of recently, seven to two win and a series opener over the Marlins, 12 to four win and a series opener over the Red Sox, uh, sweeping the angels at home with eight to three, 43, 11 to one and two to one victories. Uh, things are starting to get to things are starting to definitely heat up at the right time here for, uh, for this organization. And, uh, you know, for the fans that show up down there at the trop, uh, it's fun baseball to be seen. And who knows, we might be seeing another one of these, uh, one of these signature, uh, postseason performances here by this club. And then the, uh, the third best team right now that we're looking at here in the AL East third place team with a 70 and 58 record. They're also on a two game winning streak with six and four, uh, being their record in their last 10 games, ESPN, Projecting them to be a 93% lock for the postseason at this point, heading into uh, heading into September. We we're talking about none other uh, than the Toronto Blue Jays, a team that you know for the most part uh, is for mostly with their fans is captivating the attention for all the right reasons at this point in time right now. Uh, you know the Blue Jays. You know we talked about these guys all year. Uh, Alejandro Kirk, the catcher batting nearly 300 at this point in the year, with an on-base percentage of 381 and a slugging percentage of 437. Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, leading his team both in home runs and runs batted in. Uh, Alec Manoa do, and Kevin Gosman both being a great one-two punch of starting pitching here for this club. Uh, you know, they did unfortunately drop a series to the Angels the other day. Uh, that's that's kind of a, an ouch uh, at this point in the year. You don't want to see that but uh, not really having any effect in terms of their trajectory towards the postseason. It looks like still got that sweep uh, that uh, 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 divisional sweep over the Red Sox. They got the, uh, the series win at the Yankees up in the Bronx. Uh, they are looking for a sweep right now versus the Cubs Get, getting these wins over the good teams, taking care of business of the teams you should be taking care of. That's a good sign as you head into uh, as you head towards the postseason. Um, yeah, offensively and defensively, uh, things are pretty stout with this team. You'd like to see the ERA uh, across this team get down a little bit more, and the the WHIP and their walks allowed too. Depth is going to be a bit of a concern probably for those guys in that regard heading into the to the postseason and possibly limiting their potential. But certainly, we know these guys can score. Uh, if they can put themselves in a the position to, uh, you know, maybe get some sort of um, get some sort of opportunity to play uh, as many home games as possible come the uh, come the postseason, uh, you know, it's going to be rocking up there in Toronto. Uh, the the Blue Jays fans, you know, they come out loud, they come out eager uh, every year for the postseason when their team is playing, and I think there's no reason to believe that. They, uh, they wouldn't have another shot possibly at, uh, at making some noise again this year. So it's a competitive one, two, three race right now, uh, in the AL East, everything has tightened up right now, obviously with some of the uh, recent Yankee struggles, but the Yankees are starting to turn it back on again. And, uh, I think we're just looking at three really strong teams that are going, um, into the postseason that they, uh, they can get as healthy as possible and just kind of remain in the zone. Uh, you don't want to face up against any of these AL East teams um, here once the uh, postseason bracket comes out. There you go. It's a competitive division as always. And I will mention that the Baltimore Orioles there, they did call up Gunnar Henderson. And this this stud hit a home run on his first 
at bats ever in the in the major leagues. He hit a ball so hard that his helmet flew off of him. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, I love what the Orioles are doing. This is just they've just been the surprise team of the year, in my opinion. Everybody expected them to be not worth the darn, but I mean, ESPN has them at a five point six chance to make the playoffs. They have the same, basically the same record as the Guardians. And I mean, they do, they do not have an unrealistic shot. I mean, they, they have a, some, they have a, a reasonably realistic shot of making the playoffs, which is unbelievable. I mean, this team, the, the, I mean, they lose Trey Man CD. They got Rugnet Odor, uh, <laughs> who is, you know, the life of the team. It's not just him. They got Cedric, Cedric Mullins as well. Now, calling up Gunnar Henderson, they're doing a full-court press. They want to go to the playoffs. They want some excitement back in Canyon Yards again. So, got to give them some love as well. It's been a very underwhelming year for the Red Sox. They have a losing record, uh, the only team with a losing record in that division, and it is just too bad, man. The Red Sox, Red Sox. <laughs> what are you doing? It looked so promising at one point earlier in the year, and then I just know. the wheels completely fell off. And... uh yeah, I mean the the Red Sox almost kind of feel like the Giants sometimes. Where they have a really good year, they'll have a bad year, really good year, then a bad year, and it's just it's so it's so back and forth in that regard. I know it is. Well, speaking of good years and bad years, going to the NL East, we have three teams that are fighting for their chance to enter the playoffs. We have the Mets with a three-game lead ahead of the Braves, and we have the Phillies, who are 10 games out. We go to the Mets, and they've it's been ups and downs for them as of recent. They got swept in a two-game series by the Yankees. They won a series against the Colorado Rockies, but They've lost their first game against the Dodgers, a tight four to three loss uh, as of yesterday. So it's you know it's it's not all ups, it's not all downs for this team. But we as we continue to to talk, they got Degrom back, they got Scherzer back, and that's why I think they're going to edge it out. They still have star power from top to bottom, and it's plethora. They got the complete package. Edwin Diaz is one of the best closers in baseball at this point. He has been very consistent. You got Pete Alonso having an absolute breakout year, 31 bombs, which is insane. Francisco Lindor, 21 bombs, quietly having an amazing year. This is the Francisco Lindor who they are paying an arm and a leg for, and he is showing up fantastically. I just made that word up, but I don't care. <laughs> Chris Bassett, 334 ERA. Can we talk about that? I mean, it, yeah, you got Scherzer and you got DeGrom, but I mean, Bassett's holding his own. Carlos Carrasco's got a 392 ERA. I mean, Taiwan Walker, too, with a 345. I mean, it's just, this is a good team. I have a lot of faith in this team, but I also have a lot of faith in the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves won a series against the Astros, they swept the Pirates. They lost the series to the Cardinals, though, which is a very interesting loss. And they lost yesterday to the Rockies. So, you know, a lot of these teams are kind of up and down as of recent. I don't know. Maybe they just they're playing a lot of games in a row and they're getting a little tired. But this Braves team, they are so loaded. Just these people can go off at any moment. Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley, you know, Ronald Cooney Jr. It's it, all these players. They have so many home runs. They have high OPSs. 
and they just have all the potential all the potential in the world. And their pitching is not too shabby either. Max Fried leading the squad with a very impressive 256 ERA, 1.04 whip, 158 innings pitched. Kyle Wright, 299 ERA. There you go. That's your one-two punch. Boom and boom. Spencer Strider, 287 ERA. This is quite a good team, and this is definitely one of the most exciting races. It's been a very close head-to-head battle between these two teams. But coming up at the rear... The Phillies are 10 games back, but they if the season stopped today, they would be in the playoffs. And if you look at this Philly squad, uh, they swept the Reds in a four-game series. They beat the Pirates, so they're beating up on the small teams. But they did lose two games against the Diamondbacks. They lost 13-7 and 12-3. So it just I guess they just hit a wall pretty hard. But this Phillies team has a lot going for it. What does it have going for it? I'll tell you what it has going for it. It's called Bryce Harper. He's back, baby. And boy, did they need him. But you know, but that is the good news, but there is also some bad news. Zach Wheeler is still on the 15-day IL. He is their best pitcher. He is expected to throw a bullpen session this weekend. And they need him back because this Philly squad, if they want to have fun times in Philly, if they want it to be always sunny in Philadelphia, they need Zach Wheeler back on the squad. Um, this is a team that doesn't have a very few many weapons, but like I said, they got Bryce Harper. Got Reese Hoskins. Saying Reese Hoskins is having a phenomenal year. 26 bombs with an 808 OPS. Very impressive. And as far as pitching, again, outside of Zach Wheeler, you got Aaron Nola, 343 ERA. Very, very good. But Wheeler with his 307 ERA. That's fantastic. Kyle Gibson, former Texas Ranger, with a 408 ERA, it's not too shabby, and that's really what's that is what's keeping this team in the mix. So NL East is quietly becoming a very interesting division. Um, Marlins twenty six and a half back, Nationals thirty eight and a half back. Oh, it is so sad. But there you go. That's what's happening in the NL East. I love it. It's uh, man can. Continues to be a, a fun division to watch as it has been all season long. You know, I get to see the Braves and the Phillies in person in a few weeks as I head nice. out there to Atlanta. Dude. I had to catch that game with my buddy Lance and his friend Daniel. Uh, it, so it's uh, it's going to be good times out there in the ATL. Really high-level baseball played out there. Uh, the Love two it. years in a row, I get to see the Phillies wow. uh, in action. Uh, so yeah, just one of these teams that always seems to be that just I, I kind of run into for some reason in terms of my uh, my baseball nice. watching. So be good times. But we start to make our way back out west now, and we make our first stop in America's heartland and the AL Central. And it is a close one, friends, between the Cleveland Guardians and the Minnesota Twins to figure out who is going to take home the top crown in this division here and make it into the playoffs. And there's even still the possibility here, even you know, these teams just being just over 500 um, uh, here and, you know, duking it out ultimately for this, uh, for this AL central uh, top spot that, you know, one of them could still 
make it to possibly squeeze into uh, one of the wild card positions. The depending on how things work themselves out uh, with the uh, with the AL East, and if any of those teams like the Rays or the Blue Jays falter moving forward down the road that you could very well see the twin, the twins or the guardians, depending on who ends up being the second place team squeezing into that wild card spot. But let's talk about uh, just touch base real quick on the, uh, on the guardians. Um, you know, pitching has led the way for this team all year. They're in the top 10 uh, in all categories here uh, in all the major categories. That is so just ERA quality starts whip walks aloud here with their pitching. Uh, you know, with their offense, it's a bit more piecemeal and uh, kind of stringing things together here. Uh, only good for 19th and runs. Uh, batting average at 251 is not bad. On base percentage at eight at 18th, and then slugging percentage uh, is 21st league right now. Um, but then you've got Twins just behind them. Um, they are. Uh, so we talked about uh, guys like Luis Arias and Byron Buxton. Uh, Leading the way for this team all year, you know they do things. Uh, they do things pretty well. They do things both pretty well offensively and defensively um, here, uh, both both at the at the plate and on the mound. Uh, tied for 14th uh, in runs, this team is 11th in batting average, and then they're in the top 10 in on base percentage and slugging percentage, eighth uh, and ninth respectively, at 320 and 411 respectively. Um, Pitching, you know, they you'd like to see the ERA and their quality starts be a bit better, uh, but their their whip and their walks allowed are both pretty solid at 1.24 and 2.40 respectively. Um, yeah, you know, this is I don't know where my my convictions lie with this uh, this division. It's just I'm definitely one of those people where it's it's harder to watch follow baseball kind of like this where there's just not really a great elite team a really big market team that is uh that you know kind of is leading the charge here um yeah the uh the white Sox at this point right now um really are starting to see their chances slip away here for the postseason at this point uh they are on a five game losing streak two and eight in their last 10 games uh, and even more so than that, as of today, uh, Tony Larusa is actually out indefinitely as the manager. He is getting uh, getting tests done uh, right now on his health. There's uh, there's potential issues that are being reported at play here. Uh, wishing the best for Mr. Larusa at age 77. You know we've kind of made him a punching bag sometimes uh, and the butt of a lot of jokes here within uh, w- within Major League Baseball. But he's a legend. Um, he has uh, dedicated his entire life to this game. Uh, you know, just last year had that young club in the uh, in in the playoffs, and uh, it just has not worked out this year. Uh, you've got this White Sox organization, obviously now having to ask some big questions as to their future and the direction, the culture that they want to go, uh, and seeing how uh, how Mr. Larusa is going to be a part of that potentially. Uh, we've seen our best here. And no doubter to him and all of the Chicago White Sox organization. And that does it right now for the AL Central. Yes, it's been a fall from grace for the White Sox indeed. Man, Cleveland and Minnesota, two baseball teams that just can't get a lot of respect. Uh, but it, that's what's making this, this division fun, you know? It's a wild card division for sure. And... Cleveland is taking advantage of the White Sox underperforming and White Sox are just massively underperforming. Whereas Orioles are overperforming 
the White Sox are for sure underperforming. So it's not shock talk, guys. I mean, I think we we all I think we both picked the White Sox to win the division, but we might very well be proven wrong. Now they're still five and a half back, so it is still it is still somewhat possible they'll win. But I don't know. I mean, it's we still got a month, so but we will see. Moving on to the NL Central, the White the Cardinals are starting to really pull away now. They have a one twenty two run differential to the positive, seventy five and fifty five five and a half game lead over the Milwaukee Brewers. This Cardinal squad is a force to be reckoned with. They beat the Braves in a series. They beat the Cubs in back to back series. Swept the Diamondbacks, and they have now in a split series against the Reds. They're playing the rubber match as we speak. But this Cardinal squad is a force to be reckoned with. They have everything going for them. They got nostalgia. They have the fun factor. They have Paul Goldschmidt, the MVP frontrunner. The video game numbers continue. This guy has played 123 games, and it's not like he's taken many off days. Him and Nolan Arenado, the Bash Bros of today, murdering uh, the home run fences. And of course, Albert Pujols coming in 15 bombs on the year is six away from the 700 club. They just have so much going for it. So many weapons. They have a good mix of young and a good mix of old. It is seeming like it is a repeat of 2011. You know, they had a good mix up in, in, in that year, much to Travis's Rangers displeasure. It was a team with good chemistry. Don't, don't you dare go there. Boom. Oh, hey, you know, every once in a while, we dedicated a whole entire episode to it. Yes, we did. <laughs> we went there. We will never speak of it again. If you do want to check it out, we do have an episode where we recap the Epic 2011 series season and in its entirety. So you can go back into the archive and listen to that. But I digress. Uh, pitching squad, it's still led by Miles Michaelis and Adam Wainwright. These two are workhorses, uh, 348 and 309 ERA, respectively. Absolute suds. When it comes to the Brew Crew, this team is still hanging in there. They got rid of Josh Hader. And while I thought that was going to be bad, Josh Hader is turning out to be an absolute and complete bust. More on that when I get to the Padres, who that is what the team that he's that he is on. So you would think, oh, well, haters turning out to be a bust. You know, maybe the Brew Crew, they maybe they were smart to get rid of him. Maybe they thought, oh man, something's general definitely wrong with this guy. This is a sell high situation. So they get rid of him and they get, I don't know, three or four people for him. And so when you look at the squad, they beat the Cubs in a series. They lose to the Dodgers. They beat the Pirates, and now they're playing the Diamondbacks. Uh, I still don't have a lot of faith in this team. I don't know why. It's just it's a team that just doesn't scream excellence. I just I'm not putting my faith in them. I mean, they're two and a half games back in the wild card, and why? Yeah, while the Diamondbacks are ten games back, and yeah, two and a half games isn't a terrible def- uh, deficit. I, even if they made the playoffs, I just I, I I don't have faith in this team, and I think I I picked them to win the division because it was a boring pick. But I just I didn't want to I didn't want to chance it. But I don't know. It's just when do you go with your heart and when do you go with your brain? I went with my brain on this team when I should have gone with my heart. I picked Corbin Burns to win the Cy Young, and while he has a three hundred one ERA and a .99 WHIP. Those are fantastic numbers. They're they are not 
Sandy Alcantara numbers. And Brandon Woodruff is dialing in. Eric Lauer's dialing in. So, but it's just offensively, I it's not there. At least I don't think it is. It's it leaves a lot to be desired. And for that, I just think that this team I I don't know. They get, I I think if they made some improvements, I think if they made some improvements offensively, it would it would go a long way. But when will that team ever catch a break? They've had some exciting postseason runs in the past, and the Brew Crew was rocking. Everybody was pouring and scoring, and uh, you, you want them to do it, but I just don't believe in them. So that's the landscape as it is. Yep, it's a uh, it is a close one for sure right now in the uh, in the NL Central. However, it looks like uh, it looks like the Cardinals are starting to. Uh, starting to pull away some uh, in this regard and just have the overall stronger and more complete team right now. And I, I think I've talked about this before. Like I, the Cardinals were a culture pick for me for, uh, for uh, the NL central this year, because that there's a culture of winning, uh, of getting the job done. And uh, you know, even with the, as you said, just with the, the, the type of success that, um, that the brew crews had in recent years, uh, you know, maybe there's a bit, bit of underperformance that we've seen comparatively with the Cardinals. Uh, I think it was just the, it just kind of had that gut feel of, Hey, the stars are going to align for, uh, for the Cardinals a little bit more than they were uh, for the brew crew this year. But there's a, still a full month of regular season baseball to be played. And we're going to see uh, ultimately how it all plays out. That's why the games mm-hmm. are played. There's no, just uh, mailing it in here and assuming that you know what is going to happen. Well, with that in mind, we're going to finish this out here on the American League side of things with the AL West, taking it out to the Southwest and West Coast of the U.S. here with this uh, with this uh, division. And so we start off as we have pretty much the entire year. I think it's never once has been any different than this. Maybe maybe for like a split second. I think maybe the this, the Mariners had the 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 top title here. But it is the Houston Astros on their three-game winning streak. Unfortunately, continuing to handle business against the Texas Rangers right now in the in the, uh, the Silver Boot Series, getting uh, sweeping them in two games out of Globe Life Field, just down the street here from where I live, uh, here in the DFW area. And uh, those were five to three and forty-two victories. But the uh, the Astros are getting it done. Jose Altuve gets four runs in that five to three victory. Earlier today, uh, Valdez uh, got his sixth straight uh, 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 homer. What am I reading here? Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. So he he homered falling frame off Valdez here uh, in the forty-two uh, win over the Rangers. Um, yeah, Jose Altuve, I believe, is up to more than twenty home runs on the year at this point right now having a fantastic season as he has done many a times here with this organization. Uh, everything really other than, than batting average here for this team, everything is kind of at an elite level, uh, both offensively and defensively and on the mound. Uh, obviously the, the performance of someone like Justin Verlander locks up that uh, 76 quality start spot for being best in the league here, but they're also second in ERA at 303, Third and whip at 111, and second and walks allowed at 215. Uh, 
588 runs on the year. That's good for eighth with this team. Batting average of 245. It's good for 13th. On base percentage of 318. Slugging percentage of 423. Yeah, you know, things are starting to move back in the right direction again with the uh, kind of, you know, after a little bit of a lull um, with this Astros uh, team here. I, though I never care about if there's a lull here with the Astros because I feel like there's always just like a lull or two or three that happens during the the regular season here uh, with, the, with the Astros. But it doesn't matter because when it comes to the postseason, they get the job done and they're ready to perform at a high level. Uh, this team is probably very, very well-rounded once again and ready to make a deep run. And I think you definitely have to have them as an ALCS favorite on one side of the bracket in that regard. And then we give a shout out to the number two uh, team here in this division. We're talking about the Seattle Mariners. Mariners, they are chasing that elusive first postseason appearance in 21 years. Is this going to be the year that's done, folks? Well, the computers right now from ESPN they, they say that the odds are very, very, very much in their favor right now with a 95.1% uh, playoff percentage chance at this point right now. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. They get the job done both at home and on the road. 35-28 and 28 at home, uh, up there in the friendly confines of, uh, of T-Mobile. And then on the road, they're 36-30, and 30, also getting the job done there. No fun differential this year, folks. They're plus 45 in that department. Um, yeah, Eugenio Suarez, Ty France, getting things done offensively, Logan Gilbert, Robbie Ray, uh, Robbie Ray nearing a hundred, nearing 200 strikeouts, uh, having that possibility, uh, that means she's probably very much going to exceed that by the end of the year. Um, you know, offensively, this team, this team, I feel like gets more done kind of by three true outcomes and a bit of small ball here um, and just working things in a more old school kind of regard and that there's not a ton of power here with this batting. They're not out there to woo you um, out the plate, um, but they can very much get the job done and they can certainly open it up offensively at times as well, uh, both against the good and bad teams uh, and opening win in a series over the Tigers. It was a nine to three victory. Uh, you know, they've had other impressive wins as of recent, like a 10 to two win over the athletics and the opener of that series, uh, sweep of the angels, 11 to seven, eight to two and six to two opening win, uh, in the series against the Rangers, six to two, uh, got a series win over the Yankees as of recent within, uh, within the past month, uh, with four to three and one to nothing wins in two of those games. Yeah. Things are, things are trending in the right direction here for the Mariners. Uh, I'm calling it right now. Uh, Seattle, you're about to have a good time here uh, in the month of October. You're very most likely going back to the postseason for the first time in 21 years. Soak it up. It's going to be an incredible experience. Uh, postseason baseball, there's nothing like it, and it's about to return to the Pacific Northwest, and it's been very, very long overdue. There you go. Fun times in the the Space Needle City of Seattle. Yep, uh, the Astros are dealing with some injuries at the moment. You're on Alder, Alvarez out with a hand injury, although he said he will be back on Friday against the in the series against the Angels. Chas McCormick has a sore right pinky. Maldonado, our starting catcher, is out. Justin Verlander, 15-day IL with a calf injury. 
Ryan Presley has next spasm. He's on the 15-day IL. All I will say is that they better put... And these guys better get these injuries out of their systems because once they do make the playoffs, they are going to need all hands on deck, especially JV. JV is the Cy Young front runner. Ah, and for him to be out for 15 days is that's tragic. It is very, very tragic. But I don't know. We will see indeed. But last but not least, we move on to the NL West. The Dodgers are the first team to 90 wins, and they have an 18-and-a-half game lead against the Padres. That is insane. This Dodgers team is a freight train that just will never stop. They won a four-game series against the Marlins. They have now split games against the Mets, and they will have their rubber match tomorrow. But they recently won against the Brewers. They swept the Marlins. This team, no matter how who they face, they're just going to, you know, they're going to, just go for it. Gonzalez, however, their pitcher, he is injured as well. And so they're dropping like flies. First, it's first it's Bueller, who has Tommy John. And then you have Gonzalez, who's in the 15-day IL. They can afford it. 18 and a half games. It's well within it. But also Clayton Kershaw is down too. They this team, yes, they have very, very deep lineup. And yes. They're not going to give up 18 and a half games. There's just absolutely no way it's going to happen. But still, when the playoffs start, the playoffs start. And if they want to flex their roster, they need to hope and pray that Gonsolin and Bueller can come back. Those are two absolute studs. Kershaw's a legend. Gonsolin is having an incredible year. And but offensively, the guys are still going strong. Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Will Smith, Max Muncy, Gavin Lux. It's just relentless of a lineup. It's This team is really, really good, and they deserve a lot of praise. They're the first team to 90 wins. They have a plus 286 run differential, which is by far the highest. This team just, they've won seven out of their last 10 games. They just, I mean, they're, they're a freight train. It's just an absolute freight train. And now to talk about the, the the fact that the Diamondbacks have a better record than the Giants, which is hilarious. <laughs> the Diamondbacks are 28 and a half games back, whereas the Giants are 29 games back. It is very tragic what is happening to the Giants. The Giants won the series last year. They won they won the division. They were within they came so close to advancing past the Dodgers and an epic NLDS. Epic. It went all the way to game five. And now look, they have a point one chance of making the playoffs, which pretty much means they are not making the playoffs. Ah, uh, San Fran. It Do is you think that the uh, that the Gabe Kapler era might be coming to an end soon in uh in, uh... in San Fran? I mean, you're you know, we're looking at possibly some uh you know, some some more higher profile type of jobs could be opening up here uh, over the off season. Like, I think it's a long shot that you know that he could be with the with the Rangers. Um, but uh, yeah, but you know, I'm thinking about teams like the White Sox. You know, depending mm -hmm. on what happens with the Yankees, if there ends up being like a an early exit here, if they decide to make a change in leadership, just you know, we we. You've talked very highly about Gabe Kapler. He is this sort of new school guy. He has yeah. this very like, very like suave white collar, like young guy kind of approach to hmm. things, and like being a total culture and like program builder kind of guy. Uh, yeah, I just wonder if you know if it's maybe he sees like, hey, you know, 
been been a good little run here uh, in the Bay Area, but uh, maybe it's time for a change. Uh, maybe. I mean, it, uh, I wouldn't be surprised, and yet I would be. I don't know. They had a good year last year. They won over 100 games. They beat out the Dodgers. And they're, they're having a completely different year this year, and their record is pretty poor. Um, I mean, they're on the seven-game losing streak. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Maybe it's a mulligan year. I just don't know what to, I, I don't know what to pin it to, but I don't know. Uh, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I can't say it wouldn't have happened before where you have a team that did good, but then the very next year they do absolutely. I mean, they're not doing absolutely terrible, but it's, it's, it's pretty bad. And I don't know. I just, I'm not completely sold on it. So I'm going to go ahead and just say no. I think the Giants, they do have a fantastic organization. And I just think that it's just not clicking for some reason. I just think they had a lot of magic last year. They got, uh, so they get Carlos Rodon, but they, they lose Kevin Gosman. Their pitching was insane last year. This year, it's just the offense is just not there. And pitching-wise... It's, you know, Logan Webb's a 289, and Carlos Rodon is a 303 ERA, respectively. But other than that, Alex Wood, 510, that ain't going to cut it. Alex Cobb, not pitching as many innings. He's 381. Uh, Jacob Eunice, 404. I mean, it's not elite, but really the offense is just very underwhelming. Um, You know, Jocktober's got 20 bombs on the year, but... Yeah, I don't know. But I think I'm I don't think he Kapler gets the axis here, but I just I don't know, maybe I'm being too generous, but I don't know. We we will see. But speaking of teams, the Padres are in the thick of it. Despite being 18 and a half games out, if the season were to end today, they would be in the playoffs. They have a lot of good things going for them. Uh, they have all the offensive power in the world. They won the trade deadline, undisputably. Uh, Tatis is a bye-bye uh, because of his stupidity. <laughs> but uh, they still have pl- plethora of uh, weapons. We're talking Manny Machado, this guy. I mean, he was gunning for the MVP for the large part of the season, but they got Juan Soto and Josh Bell. It's just relentless. This is a team that has been pretty good as of late. Um, as far as pitching, you got you Darvish, 341 ERA with a .99 whip. What a stud. Joe Musgrove, 301 ERA. And then you got uh, Shamanaya, 490. Not, not so great. But... It turns out that their desperation. They want to go all in. Josh Hader has a 19.06 ERA. That's right. You have heard me. Josh Hader, a guy who has pitched 5.2 innings, has given up. Well, I mean, it, it's a 19.02 ERA, guys. What has happened to this man? He's given up 12 runs in 5.2 innings. I mean, he has gone off the absolute deep end. That they are getting the raw end of that trade. This guy, I don't know what the heck happened to him. Was he a one-year wonder? It's seeming like it is, but I still think the I still think the Padres have plenty of weapons. It really is sad because he was by far the best closer in baseball last year. He was the envy of the world. 
but here we are, and he's not doing any squat. The Padres have still won three games in a row. And, you know, it's good for them. In their past few games, they swept the Giants. They won against the Royals. They got swept by the Guardians. They split a series against the Nationals. They lost a series to the Marlins. But, I mean, I... You know, I still I still have stock in this team. I just think their offense is going to overpower, and I think their their rotation is just good enough for them to even potentially make it past the, the wild card round. I would not be surprised if they did that. So I have more faith in them than the Brewers, which is surprising. I mean, you might see it's surprising, but I, I just do. I just think that this team has a lot going for them. So... There you go. That concludes the recaps. And now we go on to our new top 10. Blue Jays earn their way into the 10 position. Padres stay at number 9. Mariners staying at number 8. Rays staying at number 7. And then the Cardinals, they go down a spot at number 6. The Braves go down a spot as well. The Yankees move into our top 4. Now, the Yankees have commanded some respect as of recent they've been going down 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 but now they're turning a corner six out of four games winning one game win streak they earned the spot back in the top five after being down out of the top five they're the number four team the Mets at number three Astros move up a spot in the number two position Dodgers a distant first place as for the Astros they are 84 and 47. They've won seven out of their last 10, three game win streak. They are the hot team when compared to the Mets, although the Mets are just one game less won. But got to give the edge to the Houston Astros. You look at all these teams, and man, oh man, would this be a pretty cool playoff series? I just, all 10 of these teams, I mean, it, there's a good chance that all 10 of them will be in the playoffs. And if they are, it's going to be awesome. But that about does it. Thank y'all so much for joining us for another episode of No Doubter. Please subscribe to No Doubter wherever you're listening to this episode. We are available on all major podcast platforms. Leave us a five-star review. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Doubter Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Bombasic21 and Travis at Travis Softly on Twitter. Subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel so you can see us pound beers all day long beer bourbon wine we drink all and you get the visual component when you watch our youtube channel guys it's in the description check it out join our patreon if you have been consistently watching this if you're a regular fan you believe in the show we would greatly appreciate it if we threw two bucks five dollars ten dollars per month our way we would really appreciate it gotta give a shout out longest paid standing page And Tad, we could not do it without you. Check out our merch store. We've got mugs, t-shirts, hoodies, baseball shirts. It's getting colder, guys. And as it's getting colder, get yourself a No Doubter hoodie. Everything is there. At Partners at Public. there are clothes and items for the whole family. You can see all the links in the description below. T-Money, let's end the show. That's right. It's totally getting colder here in Texas in late August because that's what it does down here. Uh, <laughs> but we've had a, uh, we've had another great, uh, episode here of no doubter. We love you guys. Um, and all that you do in life, have your mind on it the same way that these greatest baseball players in the entire world have the mind 
on the postseason coming up here and trying to stay at the top of their game as they head into when it all counts the most. So bat 400, always swing for the fences. We love you guys. We'll see you all next time. This episode of No Data was produced by Eric Bostick and Travis Lockley and edited by Travis Bostick. Our logo was designed by Amelia Silver. 